0: Welcome to the Never Settle podcast. My name is Mel Clark, and I am passionate about helping people realize that settling for second best is no longer an option, and that everyone deserves to live the life they truly desire. Well, hello, everybody. Today's episode is a little bit different. Um, We've got four very inspiring women that I reached out to and asked them all the same question. What was the pivotal moment in your life when you realized you were settling for second best? Now, these four ladies are all very different in their own uh, expertise. So we have Sylvia, who is a very ambitious coach, speaker, author, business consultant. We then have Tanae Stewart, who is also known as the Witch of Lupine Hollow, and she is a full-time witch, astrologer, coach, and author. We also have Francesca Moire, who is a contagious and very energetic uh, speaker and coach an author and business strategist and we also have Dana Varga, who is founder and CEO of Empowered Musician, also a director, a professor and classical musician. They all have their very different and inspiring stories and I know you're going to love it. So first up we have Sylvia, who's a very driven, ambitious, heart-centered woman. Grown from a teenage marriage and being a nurse to owning several businesses and now a successful coach, speaker, author and consultant. This is just a snippet of the amazing chat we had, which will feature in next week's episode. You can also find Sylvia at sylviaboldock.com, which I'll put in the show notes. Enjoy! But really, also, you know, what was that pivotal moment? If there was a pivotal moment, there might have been a few, there might have been none, it might have just been who you are.
1: Okay, well, thank you. Thank you for the space. And and going back to what I was saying about that strict Baptist upbringing, you know, as a child, it was fine. It was, it was a vibrant community. There was always things going on. It was being part of a tribe. So, you know, it was, it was fitting that basic needs. However, you know, as I got into early puberty, 13, 14, I began to feel quite left out at school because my friends were then starting to go to the cinema on a Saturday. They were they were going out with boys, they were wearing makeup, experimenting with miniskirts and all sorts of stuff. And then there was a local disco started. And that was kind of the final straw for me because they were all going to this local disco. And I almost dreaded Monday mornings because they'd come, come to school and they'd all be chatting about who they'd dance with and who they'd kissed and, and all of that. And I started to feel really left out. And, you know, being left out at puberty is really tough. So I started to rebel and eventually got this grudging permission to go to this disco, um, but made to feel like I was going into the, the den of iniquity. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I went three times, and then on the third time, the inevitable happened. You know, I, I met a really good looking, charismatic, worldly wise guy and fell madly in love at the tender age of, of just, just under 15. Um, and he had a massive influence on me because he knew so much about the world and the affairs of the world and what was going on things that we didn't really discuss at home Um, and so he had a massive impact on me in those formative years between 15 and 20 but actually at 19 I married him just a child and uh, as soon as I married him on the honeymoon actually I realized I'd made a mistake Because now I was his wife, I was his possession, if you like, and uh, he wanted me to be the the meek and mild little wife that, you know, did everything the way he wanted it done and and, and agreed with his points of view and laughed at his jokes again and again and again. And, you know, I tried to adapt because in those days, marriage wasn't seen as disposable as it is nowadays. You'll have heard the phrase, you've made your bed, now lie in it. Um, and that used to ring in my brain when I was going through the tough times, um, because he was he was a real mental bully, not a physical bully, but his raison d'être became to keep me small. And at first, I, I used to try and assert myself and, and step up, out above the parapet, but it would ensue, you know, it would just cause days and sometimes weeks of just total silence, and I found that agonizing. You know, I can still remember that. Not in my stomach when I'd hear his key in the lock and think, "Oh, what's it going to be like tonight?" And and very often it was just silence. And very often I wouldn't know what I'd done to provoke this silence. So what happened was I found it was easier just to shrink, and I shrank to to such a stage that you know I was just living a a shadow of the life I should have been. And I remember that time so clearly when I was in my darkest space. You know, I was desperately unhappy, um, but the overriding feeling emotion was shame because I looked back at that young girl, that 13 year old girl standing on that big stage, talking to those troubled teenagers about life and purpose and meaning. And here was I living a life that was barely significant in any way. And I vowed then that when I got out of that situation, because deep down, I knew I would eventually it took me a long time, but I knew I would eventually. And I vowed that then what I wanted to do when I got out was to help people that had been suppressed for whatever reason, to actually reconnect with themselves, reconnect with the core value we all possess and and to peel back some of those layers of limiting beliefs that are built up over the years through things like tough relationships and and to live a life of more fulfillment and more purpose. And it took me a while to get there. Um, because at the time I was a nursing sister, I was, um, I was a theatre sister in open heart surgery. Um, but I actually became so ill, and I'm sure it was the stress that caused it, I ended up with glandular fever and hepatitis, and I had to take six months out. And during that six months out, I decided that actually nursing wasn't my long-term career. I needed to carve a pathway for myself, run my own business. Thank you very much,
0: Sylvia. And I'm sure you'll agree that that was really, really inspiring. So next we have the Witch of Lupine Hollow, also known as Tane Stewart. Tane is now a full-time witch, astrologer, coach and author. She started life in a job she loved, but she knew she wasn't fulfilled, and a series of illnesses forced Tane to have to trust and believe in the universe, and with a little bit of serendipity, she now has a thriving and very fulfilling career, weaving her magic
2: hi my name is tanae stewart and i'm known online as the witch of lupin hollow i'm a professional witch an astrologer a spiritual coach and a published author my book the modern witch's guide to magical self-care is out everywhere now uh and the pivotal moment in my life when i realized that i was settling for second best was really when I finally realized that I needed to leave my full-time job to do all of this full-time to be a witch and astrologer professionally. And it was something that I had been doing as first as a hobby and then as kind of a side hustle for several years. I originally started the Loop and Hollow blog in spring 2016. Originally, it was just a blog, just a hobby, never intended for it to be a business. Um, but pretty quickly, within a few months, you might know, I realized, oh, I could sell digital products and readings and, you know, I could make a little side money on this. Never in a million years guessed that, you know, I would be able to actually make a living doing this. And so I started to kind of grow my business over, I would say about a year and a half to two years. It was, you know, a slow buildup. And I was starting to offer more online courses. And, you know, it was really a legitimate side hustle by then, by about the end of 2018. And in, in that period, I was working full-time as a um, events and membership manager for a chamber of commerce. And I actually absolutely loved my job. I adored my boss. He's still one of my closest friends. Um, I had wonderful experiences there. It was just a really beautiful community that I was a part of. Um, and I wouldn't trade those years for absolutely anything, but... For about a year and a half before I eventually did end up leaving that job, I was just feeling like even though I loved it, it was really burning me out. Like I was giving so much to that position um, and even though it was coming from a place of love, it was still really exhausting. And so I really wanted to go back to what I thought I was going to do with my life, um, which was work in the art world. My degree is in art history and I had quite a bit of experience doing um, like gallery administrator work and um, like accessions and things like that for people who know things about galleries. And I really, I did want to go back to that. I wanted to work in the arts and in nonprofits again. And so I had started applying to jobs and I was applying to all of these positions where, you know, like I knew people, either I knew people on the staff there or I I had, you know, excellent references where I knew the the people on staff knew my references personally and, and things that I was overqualified for. You know, like, I mean, I was applying to so many different positions and I couldn't get anywhere. I felt like I was being thwarted at every turn. I basically, you know, I wasn't even getting callbacks. I was Struggling to get interviews. And I knew something was up energetically. Like I just knew something was blocking my path for a reason. Um, but I could not seem to figure out what it was. And at at no point, I think, did it really even cross my mind that the thing that was blocking my path was that that's not what I was supposed to be doing. I was supposed to leave my job to be a spiritual coach and to really fully embrace this side of myself. But I was really scared to do that. You know, I was not even like totally out of the so-called broom closet as a witch with my friends and family. And I really did not think that this was something that I could do full-time or even that I I didn't even realize I wanted to. Um and so it was about the, let's see, the end of 2018 and beginning of 2019 was the, the pivotal moment really. Uh, when I first, when I realized that this was actually something I could do. I sold a group program. It sold really well. People were really excited about it. And I saw that I could actually make real money doing this and, and really support myself, you know, which was the big concern. Um, could I leave my well-paying full-time job and do this? And so first, I kind of had that glimmer of, oh, this is actually possible. And then I started to get really sick. So I had a series of little health crises. Um, First, I I hurt my knee. I I had an injury. And then I had uh, viral laryngitis. I was super sick. I couldn't talk for like two weeks. Um maybe longer, I don't remember. I had all sorts of issues um, until finally kind of climaxed in spring of 2019. I had some kind of crazy rare reaction to doctors don't even really know what. um, And I was really, really, really sick, bedridden for days, weeks, maybe. It's all kind of a blur. Um, I was on all kinds of medication that was, you know, making me really crazy and up all night and just a really, really crazy difficult time. And it took five doctors, five days to diagnose, or not even to diagnose, but to, to even be able to treat You know what was wrong with me. And it was during that period when I was laying in bed miserable and hyped up on prednisone that I finally really got it. I got the, the thing that I was supposed to get from the universe, which was you're supposed to be home. You're supposed to be taking care of yourself. You're supposed to be sleeping and resting and really practicing self-care. And the way that you do that is through your magic and through sharing your message. And so I really had this, you know, scary wake-up call that, first of all, that I needed to leave my job, that it was draining me and I needed more time and space to take care of myself. And second of all, that I had gifts and magic that I could share um, and that I was needed to share. I had to share. And so it was in that, that really pivotal moment there that I had this realization. And right about the same time, just as I was, you know, about to take the leap and say, all right, I'm leaving my job. I don't know what I'm going to do, um, but I'm this is happening. I had two opportunities drop in my lap. The first was a part-time freelance position with an arts organization. Um, which would you know support me financially while i really got my business off the ground um it came to me i didn't apply for it it dropped out of the sky into my lap it was amazing and could not have been better timing um and at the same time i actually had a publishing company reach out to me that they loved my blog they loved my voice and they were looking to write have to have an author write a book about witchcraft and self-care and would i be interested um so i had a book deal and a part-time job literally unsolicited come out of nowhere um which was when i really knew that that i was on the right track you know that I, i was finally listening i was finally trusting the universe um and so the first action that i really took once i realized that i was settling for a job that even though i loved it and even though it was very fulfilling to me, um, when I realized, you know, it was second best because it wasn't my highest truth, it wasn't my highest value that I could could give and needed to give, once I realized that, the first action I really took was trust, was just to really step into, you know, what I needed to believe, you know, that I needed to believe that I could make this money, that I could support myself, you know. Um, I needed to believe that my message was valuable enough and useful and helpful enough to people that it really could change their lives and, you know, that, that this message needed to be shared. I wasn't just, you know, excited to share it, which I was, but I was also chosen to share it. Um, And so the first action really was to not take action, was to to step into trust and to embrace faith and belief, Um, which, you know, I'm an action taker and those aren't things that are always really easy for me to do and to believe, but I knew in that moment, laying in bed with my laptop on my lap, absolutely miserable and and hyped up on all kinds of medication to try and treat whatever was wrong with me. In that moment, you know, I really realized that I was in this position because I wasn't following my calling um, and that I needed to trust that my calling was, was worthwhile. So that's my story. Um, I just have to share that, you know, if you're in that space right now, if you at all feel like you're being thwarted at every turn and you you wonder if you're on the right track. It's really about trusting that the dreamiest, most magical, mystical out there thing we could possibly picture ourselves doing is probably our highest truth. And that when we trust that it is valuable and it is possible, I think things we never could have imagined being possible become our reality.
0: I've always been fascinated by witches, and I loved listening to that little story from Tanae. Thank you so much, Tanae. That was amazing. My next guest is Francesca Moy. Francesca is a contagious and energetic author, coach, speaker, and business strategist. Her forte seems to be in teaching coaches how to build their businesses organically. And you can contact Francesca on Facebook at The Meetup Queen. Or you can find her on Instagram at Francesca Moi FM. Again, I'll put the details in the show
3: notes. Enjoy. My name is Francesca Moy, and I'm here to share with Melanie and in her podcast all the um, pivotal moment in my life when I realized that I was settling for second best. And what's the first action that I took? Well, there's multiple, multiple times. I don't feel that there is one time that you realize that you're settling for the second best. There is lots of times in our lives where um, we realize that, wait a minute, what am I doing? And sometimes you don't realize it as you're doing it, but it's sort of like a moment that you think, you feel you have to go, you have to move out, you have to move away. And then you look back and you go, oh my goodness, I was settling. Um, So I don't know if I can pinpoint one time in my life, but um, definitely there was a time when I was working uh, for someone else and I wasn't happy, I wasn't excited about my job, I wasn't fulfilled and I didn't know what else I could do, I didn't know what else was out there, I didn't know what I was capable of, I just knew that I didn't want to be there anymore. So again, in hindsight, I now look back and think, yeah, I was settling for the job because I didn't know I could do anything else. I believed that I needed a... um. I definitely believed that I needed a qualification or something to be able to start anything else. And it was really um, scary for me to put myself out there. So... I didn't know at the time I was settling. So one of the biggest advice that I could give to someone that is settling is probably, are you happy? Are you fulfilled? Are you passionate about what you do? Because that's what the thing that we're missing in my life. I, I just was living there by day without really thriving, without feeling excited, without taking my life to the next level. And then when I did, when I was able to be brave enough to say no more, I need to go to the next level. So that's when things started to align. But again, I don't think, you know, you're settling at the moment that you're settling. Or at least I don't. Um, another time would have been in relationships. I've Multiple times in relationship, I felt like I was um, not happy. I wasn't fulfilled anymore. I didn't know what else I could do to make the relationship better. And so I chose to let go, to move, to move out. And then looking back, I definitely know that I didn't know any better. Sometimes when you are in a situation you think that is the normal, you think that that's how it is, and then you walk away and you go, oh my goodness, there is so much more, right? There's so many more um, things that I could do that everybody could, that I could live in to be able to um, take this to the next level. So it's really fascinating how, um, it's a very good question because settling, what is settling at the end of the day? Settling means that you are, living life, you're living a situation and you are accepting the situation without knowing what else is possible, right? you just just living the situation, you're not excited about it, you're not fulfilled about it, but you just keep um, living it, you just keep, you know, surviving in it. Uh, and then one day you just get that light bulb moment of going, hey, maybe there is more. Uh, and that's when you go and explore. And not all the time we find the answer straight away, like, you know, I feel that In love, I definitely was settling. But again, part of the settling was great because it taught me what I don't want. So when you're settling, it's good because then you learn what you don't want, you learn what you do want. Uh, And in love, I haven't found what I do want yet, but I definitely know what I don't want because of all the time that I've settled in the past. So settling is a great topic. um, And I feel that there is, So much that can be said on settling. Uh, And in business, I was settling when I was doing one-on-one session, thinking that that's all I could do. And then I was settling again when I was doing... clients you know group or classes but i will keep it at 10 people because i thought that was the best for them and for me but actually it wasn't the the more people we have the more people the more breakthrough the more connections the more networking the less work for us because they all help each other so there is so many times that you feel like you're doing your best and i was doing my best but then in hindsight when you go to the next level then you look back you go oh my gosh i was playing small there i could have done way better but the thing is i I couldn't because how do I know? Because I did what I did with what I had. So it's really fascinating when we're talking about settling because there is no right or wrong. I don't feel that settling is a bad thing. Settling is what we need to be able to get to the next level of our life, of our business, of our relationships. So settling serves a purpose for us to be able to um, explore what else is next. So, I am a fan of settling because everything positive and negative happens for us to be able to get business to the next level. So I am excited. I am excited about probably right now I'm settling, right? Probably right now I'm settling. My future self will look back at here and say, Francesca, you were settling. So I feel the settling, if you are a high achiever, which definitely I am, is go- always going to be part of, the journey it was always going to be like the next level, right? When you go to the next level, you look back, you're going to be like, oh, I'm settling. But at the time, do you know? Maybe this is what we all need to um get better at is realizing that there is a next level a little bit earlier rather than wait until everything fall apart for us to build it back because a lot of us do that we wait until everything falls apart and then when it falls apart then we realize that we're settling but we're not able to do it in the other way so really fascinating question thank you so much for asking um i look forward to um to see how you guys are you know sharing other settling stories i'm definitely going to go and listen thank you <laughs> Thank you, Francesca,
0: for that. Very inspiring. But what Francesca didn't tell us in that little snip was that she is very, very successful. She earned six figures in six months when she launched her business and I believe became a millionaire after 18 months. So well done, Francesca, and thank you for being on the podcast. And lastly, we have Dana. Dana is a classical singer and owns her own company. And she describes two pivotal moments in her life where she realized that she was settling and she needed to change both in earning more money and also you know doing a job that didn't really resonate with her values and she needed to change it so have a listen to Dana and be inspired.
4: Hi this is Dana Lynn Varga founder and CEO of The Empowered Musician Artistic Director of Mass Opera and Classical Soprano. I had two pivotal moments in my life when I realized I was settling for second best. First, towards the end of my Young Artist Program run, I did six in a row. I was starting to work professionally as a singer regularly, but I was also teaching privately. And I realized that my time as a singer was no more, nowhere near as valuable as my time was as a teacher. And so from a financial perspective, I found that often I would break even on a gig instead of coming out on top. And it encouraged me to consider a more regional career so that I could continue doing my teaching and career coaching and other advocacy work instead of focusing so heavily on my performing. And that was a hard decision, but at the end of the day, I knew I wanted to have a family and a lot of financial freedom and be a homeowner and have a retirement fund. And so I pivoted my focus as a singer to be more focused on concert and oratorio work, and opera roles when they made sense from a financial perspective and from a visibility, reputation, slash location, slash repertoire perspective. That was a very good decision, although uh, it was fraught with doubt and worry. The other time I realized I was settling for second best was when I was applying for full-time academic voice faculty positions after a two-year run as a full-time professor interim. I realized that I didn't like what academia was putting out there for singers. I didn't agree with the curriculum. I felt that what they were selling was not what singers needed. And so... I decided to withdraw all of my applications and focus on my independent studio, growing it, seeking higher level students, really supporting people post-undergrad and post-grad in their quest for better technique and a better career that suits them. I realized that I was trying to fit myself into a box that didn't work for me, and I now have an adjunct professorship, but it's at an institution that's very deeply aligned with my values and is focused on entrepreneurship, career coaching is part of the curriculum, project-based courses are a focus, and reality goggles are very much encouraged. This is at the Longy School of Music at Bard College in Cambridge, Massachusetts. Thanks for having me. Well, I really hope you enjoyed today's
0: episode. And perhaps the story resonated with your own life or reminded you that perhaps you're also settling for second best. I've been helping people from a young age and realizing that there is more to life than what they are currently settling for. My desire is to give others the love to confidently and respectfully know their value so that they feel joy and are empowered to make a fulfilling difference. If that sounds good to you and you'd like to reach out and connect, you can find me at facebook.com forward slash mel clark coaching that's clark with an e or instagram.com
1: forward slash mel clark coaching enjoy your day